One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Celtic Now and for our podcast. My name is Ryan Crawford. Joining me this week is Paul McClellan, um, ex-youth player at Celtic, also played with Forfa, and he's now played junior with Kim Nusty. Um, Paul, good to have you on, mate. How's things? Yeah, great, mate. Thanks for having us on. Looking forward to it. Oh, pleasure's mine, mate. It's good to, obviously, you're a mad Celtic fan. You've loved the dream, mate. So it's it's good to get you involved. And obviously, um, as we've talked before, week one, you're a big fan. So the new year starting with Ange. What's your kind of first thoughts on Ange? And we're going to yourself. As I said, it was obviously maybe the same as every other Celtic fan. What I thought we were going to get Eddie Howe looking into that. And then the next thing, we've got Ange. We don't know a lot about him, but from what I could see from the pre-season games, even just when you hear clips of boys from training saying that he looks like he's going to work the right way, and I like the the way they done like with the mic'd him up, mm-hmm. seeing him on the training park demanding things out of his players. I think that's something that that first team needs. So I think it, it could be good. It could be a bit of a hidden gem finding him. Not a lot of people know about him, so. That was quite interesting, that mic'd up stuff as well. Um, it's not really something I've seen at Celtic, so it's obviously the PR team, the media team, to try to say, right, this is, this is brand new, this is something different. And again, it's more positivity for us as fans to watch that as well. Yeah, as I say, mate, it's, we need a lift from last season. Obviously, last season was the season for hell. And it's done now, so it's like, look, there's nothing we can do about it. We need to get behind the new manager and just say, right, it's time to go again. Take Def- it there. Definitely, mate. And obviously, on it yourself, Paul. Um, was it, was it 10 year old you started at Celtic when you were then? Yeah, mate. 10 year old. Um, started off playing just obviously Sunday Boys as a kid. Um, got picked up from Dundee United. So I was in there. I only spent a year there. And then the Celtic scout from Dundee, uh, Lewis Toshney, who was obviously at Celtic as well, he spoke to the Celtic scout in Dundee and says, Look, my wee pal plays for United. How about we go along and have a wee look at him? So came along, had a look, offered us to go and training, and I about bit his hand off as soon as he offered us. I was like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so I used to train in a centre in Dundee. There was, what, six or seven of us here? So there was Michael Gardine, mm-hmm. Ross mm-hmm. Wallace, Simon Ferry, obviously Lewis Toshney, myself, and then there was a couple other boys. So we used to train through here a Tuesday, Thursday, and then go through to Glasgow on a Friday and train with our teams on a Friday night. So... As soon as I got that opportunity, I couldn't wait to, to grab it. Was that was that see when was that the same as like Simon Fay talks about? Like was that was that buses for Dundee night we're getting back then? No, so on a not? Friday on a Friday it used to be like my dad would take four of us through and then the following Friday it'd maybe be Lewis's dad. So we'd all just car share and just car through on a Friday night to Barrafield and then back home again. I'm guessing even at that age we already guys have the a bit of bit of laugh a joke. <laughs> oh mate, it was great, honestly. And just the way you see Sai now, obviously he's got his open goal. Mm-hmm. Like that was what he was like when I was a kid. They were just the, the four of them were just hyperactive. It was it was never a dull moment, put it that way in the card journeys on the way through. I can I can I can I can judge that, mate, but, uh, but obviously the antics now and <laughs> again obviously it's went for obviously boys club to the United to Celtic. But how did you have a See, but even when you were younger and stuff, did you ever feel you had something that some other guys didn't have? Or was it mere your ability? No disability, but I want to be a football player. Uh, well, as I say, like a young age, I always sort of like, I want to be a football player, the same as every kid growing up. We're all the same, but as I got older, that's maybe the bit that I lost 
the attitude type of thing. Like I was always one of the boys that people would say, oh, that ability is unbelievable. But if he does that, he needs to do that extra bit. Yeah. Whereas I'd be the one like, rather than going out for a run, I'd go out with my mates. Mm-hmm. Just just to the park for a kickabout. But when it got, as we got through the, the age groups, the bit, the hard yards that you needed to do, I'd maybe not do it. And then as we got older, it sort of, you sort of get found out for missing out those wee important bits that you probably should have done. But just growing up, it was all about ability with me. I just like to, to just play and express myself. Do you think that's something that's missing these days? That's they're maybe too coached and they don't let guys just play football? Yeah, I would agree with that, mate. Like obviously coming through obviously the youth ranks, like every coach was different. Obviously, as the years you go through, when you were starting as a kid, there was a coach, Martin Muller and Greg Robertson. So they were my first coaches when I went in. And the coaching you get for these guys at such a young age is amazing. Martin Muller, he's obviously, he's had loads of them. He's had, I think he's had Aidan McGeady and that when they were kids. He's just, he's coaching's amazing at that age. Sorry if I at me, but see, I'm interested obviously about that guy. See, obviously he's worked with guys like McGeady and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's obviously, is he still here? Is he still alive? Right? He's still there, mate. He's still he, there. He's obviously a very, very good coach, especially he must take satisfaction for the guys like you, the yeah. who have actually kind of went and made it away as well. Mm, yeah, mate. He just, he just, as soon as you go into his training, he tells you, do not be scared to try anything here. He's like, you want to try something, try it. He's like, I'm not going to shout at you. It's all about expressing yourself. And that way, when you go on, that's what you're used to you know that you're not going to be trying to do anything because he's going to shout at you. He wants you just to play with a smile on your face and be happy. But obviously, as you go through the age groups, he also works on you with... Now, when you get to a certain age group, you're going to need to change your mentality. You're going to need to choose the right opportunities to do your tricks, do your skills. You can't be doing it, obviously, on the edge of your own box. You know what I mean? So it was great. And as I said, all the coaches, when you go through the age groups, they help you develop as a player but as you get older they try and get you into that thing of if you're going to be here you're representing the club at all times Yeah. so it was it was always having that as well as being like look you're a football player but when you're away from here you need to remember if anything was to come up you're representing the club all the time so Is that no similar to the way you can obviously maybe know is the man but Tommy Burns similar, similar type, yeah. of, type of coaching style? Yeah similar coaching style mate it was just all about the ball getting used to being comfortable with the ball and just expressing yourself. You want They wanted you just to go out there and, as I say, like people say, go out there and play the Celtic way. Just entertain people and it was great. And obviously, that, for me, it was just living a dream. Obviously, you're saying the Celtic way, unless you're a Celtic fan, you don't know where that is, do you? No, exactly, mate. And it's, it's not until you're in there, you sort of pinch yourself and you go, I can't believe I'm here. Mm-hmm. That's what I was like every time I was there. I was just like, obviously, I'm here because they believe in my ability and things like that, but just being a Celtic fan, just wearing that jersey and having that on your chest, you were just, every day, it was like a dream. Sheila, obviously, obviously, I know it's maybe all changed now, but see, as you got up, obviously, it was 10 years old, but you maybe got to 15, 16, were you doing any, anything like the boots and all that and stuff back then, no? Yeah, so I, when I was when I was 14, I went to the, the school project that they started. So, obviously, I got the phone call living in Dundee and they were like, we're going to start up this project. And my first reaction was, no, I don't want to do it because I didn't want to move away from home. But spoke about it and I was like, it's a great opportunity. can't really pass it up. So I used to do the training before school, the training, then go to school, then train after school. It was like a full-time sort of environment from that age. So when you got to 15, 16, you ended up obviously signing pro. Yeah, you had to do the boots, you had to do players' kit, pick up their after games like I used to work in the changing room every home game oh, so I was doing all the kit for home games and things so it was great it was good learning experience and to be fair the first team boys there at that time were always great with you things like that so uh, it was a great experience see obviously you're saying you kind of work basically based on the job when match stage and stuff see well, obviously when you go to Taylor full time with the first team we'll, we'll touch that in, in the podcast but did that maybe give you a bit more uh, Settled in a bit more, knowing that you just can't and then I know the guys, they know what to expect, but because you can have them already, you can uh, get, kind of get a feel for the atmosphere, a feel for them. Yeah, that's what it was like. It was like the first time you went in there, obviously being a fan, you were like, Oh, there's, there's Scott Brum, there's Gary Hooker. You were like, Oh, but the more you seen them on a day to day basis and they got to know you and you knew them sort of more personally, you weren't sort of 
starstruck. It was just the way they were able to, the relationship they built with you because mm-hmm. you were around them all the time. They felt comfortable with you and you just felt comfortable with them as much as you were having to clean their dirty boots and things. It was great. I'm sure I'm sure they gave you 50 quid at Christmas, no? Uh, they made you work for it, trust me. They made you work for it. It wasn't just here you go, you had to either sing a song in front of them or the canteen or it was the major work for it, but they were great. But again, I think that's obviously I don't know what happens behind the scenes now, football clubs, but I think obviously now all that drink culture is going to be a bit new and it's all definitely like pure athletes and don't really see a lot of banter. Obviously, with social media now, you know, yourself, it's, it's, it's wild social media with certain stuff. Players should be allowed, in my opinion, if it is Scott Brown, if I'm a professor, you're a professor with Celtic, we should be allowed to sit in a Celtic bar, have a pint with a Celtic fan, and that should be it. But yeah, I agree, Scotland, it can't happen. But mm-hmm. I just think that's just something that gets totally took out of the situation. And I, I find that a shame that players these days can't do that now. Yeah, I agree. Like, that's like, obviously, I've been going for, I was two year old on supporters buses for Dundee. My dad's done it. And they used to have like dinner dances at the end every year through here. And f- two first team players used to come through probably. to the dinner dances. And he's like, that's all gone for the game now. He's like, that's shocking. He's like, so they used to have, I remember it, he told me the story the other week. Um, I think it was, was it Derek White and Mo Johnson came through, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they came through to Dundee, were at the dinner dance and then ended up going out in the town, partying with them all night. Brilliant. And it's like... So I was the same, when I was, when I was, when I was kind of pro-youth with Thistle, we had, um, was, it, was it Jerry Collins? Was it? Um, Jerry Collins and like Ian McCollin, they all came. To like, like it was similar like a presentation. It was about I want to say pro youth. It was like a feeder boys club. Take like they get yeah. the first dibs and stuff, and then they always came to all of the presentations and all that, and they told you and they get free tickets. Not I, I don't think that happens anymore. No, I, I don't, don't think it does. I, I, I only make it to charities and maybe school wins, but I don't think it, it gets not enough. Yeah, I totally agree with you, mate. I just think it's there's a lot more to be done. But again, we better off topic. But I'll go back to yourself. Obviously, you say like you. But Hooper, Collins, Brand working in that dressing room. You obviously seen firsthand, obviously team talks and how good these guys are. See, growing up through the youths, did you see like obviously the difference between a good player and maybe like a top top player? Oh yeah, definitely, mate. Like the best player I've ever seen on any given day was Paddy McCourt. Aye, amazing. Honestly, mate, you used to sit at Lennox time and watch him out there, and he'd go past four of them at a time and put it in the top corner. And then the following day, you'd be in the gym before training starts and they'd come in. So, hammy, hammy, so. Uh, they would get, get numbers for training. They'd be, Paddy, you're training? And you'd go, nah, another day. <laughs> you're like, mate, you ripped it up out there yesterday. Like, why are you not out there again? And I used to tell my dad and all the boys on the bus, like, how good he was. And they'd be like, come to Saturday. And he wouldn't even be stripped. They'd be like, what's going on? I'd be like, I don't know. He's probably... Just Maybe. It was, it was scary. Carlotta, I think Simon Ferry said, didn't he? He says he's unbelievable. He was amazing. Mate, he, he could go out there and just put a pair of slippers on and just go past people. It was scary. That's but he just didn't, when it come to a Saturday, he just wasn't interested. That's not something. Because uh, I, I, I played with guys myself who, at training, which when I played, I'm, I'm, I'm finished now through injury, so, but when I played, I worked hard at training, I worked hard at the games and stuff, and, Seem to see players who didn't really pull their weight at training, but they done it at games. I, I was like, I understand why they're playing, but at the same time, it's fucking no right, man. Uh, exactly, <laughs> right. Mate. especially yeah. if you're not in your you're not in your pan and day in day out, and you've got a boy that just waltzes in on a Saturday and plays. You're like, hold on a minute. See, obviously, obviously you don't need to say it, but I don't know if that's what it's like. I know when I played amateur, I don't know if it's like junior wise like that, right? But when I played twenty bands in, in amateur. There were maybe three or four, no superstars, but three or four guys who would change the game on a Saturday. Yeah. No matter what they done, they turn up to train on the Tuesday, Thursday. No matter after the route on the Monday, and they come in, whatever, no matter what, they played on the Saturday. And uh, I still, I still would have a big right about that. I think no matter how good is. you are, no matter how good you are, you've still got to earn your place in the team. Yeah, definitely. It's still like that in, my, in junior as well. Like I've said, Kernusty now was at Brody previously, the exact same. And uh, I'm not the, the one to please when stuff like that happens I'm the first one to be chatting the door and saying look what's going on I, I, but again talking about chatting the door did you ever see guys doing that at Celtic even you players saying well, how man on the first team you'd, 
and my team, no, nah. my team, no, nah. just because the boys that were ahead of you, maybe 19s, maybe sitting at reserves, boys like Paul George, mm-hmm. Marcus Fraser, boys like that, like boys in my seen him really good, the boy Paul George. Oh, he, he was he was going to be the next McGeady, and it was a bad tackle. I think it was the boy, it was playing against Rangers, Murray Park, boy Lewis McLeod, and him went in for a tackle, and he just snapped his leg. And after that, mate, that was him, but. Telling you, he if Celtic fans the way we used to be about McGeady, if he ever got in that first team, we'd have been the way with McGeady, we would have been like that with him, definitely. Because obviously, see about McGeady and guys like that growing up. Did did you see them growing up and go that's that's where I need to get to? Did that, that give you a gauge to think right? This is what I need to do. To obviously, obviously, he went full time, but to get to that level and basically your drive, make your drive. Well, I want to see that every day, and as you say, is. You walk into Slenox Town over there, this is amazing. You're like, I don't want this to end. But these days you see guys like maybe 17 get picked up by Bayern Munich or come back Bayern Munich. But realistically, mm-hmm. if it was me and you, why why, why would you want to leave this? Exactly, mate. Honestly, I, the minute I walked in that door and you seen Lennox Town, you were like, right, I don't I don't want this to end. It's maybe been a dream for the start, but you're getting further through the age groups now. You're like, right, you're full time now. Mm-hmm. Now's your opportunity to sort of grasp it. And you used to watch like, as I say, McGeady, you'd see him, you'd go, oh, he, he came through the youth. And then boys like Carl McGregor would be on the bench. And obviously, I grew up with, with Lewis Toshney, obviously, and seeing him being on the bench. And I remember being at Pataudry when he came on. And I was like, that's my mate. And I was like, oh, if he could do it, I was like, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. It was just seeing all these boys when they were getting a chance would spur you on. And they used to say to you all the time, working in the changing room, when Lennon was a gaffer, Thompson, Gary Parker, they were like, there's no reason why this can't be you. And that used to like put a wee seed in your head as if to say, yeah, there isn't any reason. That must have been, they've obviously, again, I don't know if that's good management, them saying that to you, right, to make you go, okay, I'll work harder or do whatever, but that's him telling you something that they may not tell everybody. So for them to tell you that, that must have gave you a sense of belief as well about yourself. Oh, mate, it was great. Just as I said, being a fan as well, you see Lennon and Thompson, that's two boys you grew up, they're heroes to you. And you're like, they're saying to me that you put the work in they're not going to say no if they see you with the talent. Any any boys that were in there, any boys that were in that team, they were just like, you put the work in and we want to take the chance on you and you do the hard yards, then there's every chance you could play for this first team. Just looking back on the team that we had, the only one that's sort of played in the first team that was there is Jack Henry, but he left and obviously... Obviously he sailed it was younger, eh? He was in the same age group as me, mate. Yeah, came through the ranks. Um, me and him shared digs when we'd done the school project I'm, I'm going to lie I've given him a bit of stick I said it was a good one I played with Celtic so sorry Jack <laughs> no that's what I mean but like, coming up through the age groups played together and then when we got to full time I don't think he he didn't get offered the contract full time so he went away himself done a wee bit down there and obviously they had to bring him back and it was one of them they brought him back they maybe brought him back a bit too soon I don't know because he'd only had that maybe one good season with Dundee mm-hmm. They brought him back, paid a bit of money for him. Rogers obviously saw something in him to give him a four-year deal. And at times, I'd be sitting there going, and then Formans has never done it, and he got a bit of stick. But I think he got a bit of stick because he was a former youth player. They brought him back for money. They were like, right, well, if we let you go the first time, you're going to need to prove that we shouldn't have. It was like, he, he was a bit of a scapegoat at, at times, I think. But well, that's, Is that similar to Charlie Mulgrew as well? Yeah, I'd say the same for him. And then look what Charlie went on to do. Player of the year and everything for us. He's a great player. So, I think he's an odd guy who gets criticised and I thought Charlie was a solid player for Celtic. Uh, I think he was great. As you say, play him left mid, play him left back, play him centre-half, play him centre-mid at times. We're not like done, but disappointed to see, obviously, Jack go to, to Oosten now. Was speaking to him and that through the Euros and stuff when he got in the Scotland squad. Um, got my wee man, he's only two, got him the Scotland stick with Jack's name on That's it good. and that sent it to him. So, but I uh, said he was going to Oost End, but it's looking like he's maybe not going to be there long. Mm-hmm. That's somewhere There's, else. For me, yeah, money, teams, that's teams, teams down south looking at him and that. So, it could be one that set a couple that go too early. We never know. And obviously you were talking about guys like Hooper, Wanyama and stuff like that. I loved Hooper, mate, right? Larson was obviously my idol, but Hooper was, when I played football, I used to, I, I, I did remember Larson, but 
Hooper was the main guy that yeah. I kind of always looked at. His, it's a bit cheesy, but I always looked at his videos. I kind of bumped my game around him, and yeah. the guy was phenomenal. Again, I still don't think some fans realise how good he was. Oh, for definitely. me, he's the best finisher to have since. I know Edward's amazing, and Barry was unbelievable, right? But for me, the the finish for me that made me realise how good he was, it was he won at Ibrox. I think we yeah. beat 4-2. Mm. And the one, it was a game El Kaduri fucked it. Yeah. That finish was, un, that was world-class, uh, man. Just the way he spins it. Honestly, and I think still uh, to this day, it doesn't get spoken about enough. No. But for you, I know you, you might not play a lot with him, but to maroon the guys and train with them and whatever else to see them every day, every day. I must have been a phenomenal insight, mate. Honestly, even just a oh, guy to take that, and it must have been too much information to take in sometimes. Yeah, mate, at times, like obviously, I was a forward player, so I played either up front or on the wing. So, whenever they'd done shooting drills or that, you would just you'd watch. And some of the finishes that Hooper used to pull at the bag were ridiculous. And it's against boys like Foster. Foster's what, six foot seven? And he'd, he'd dink them for 20 yards and things. You were just like, this guy is... And Foster's a big guy. <laughs> that's what I mean. You're like, this guy's unbelievable. And you were like, the way him and... I loved him and Stokes together. I think Faye sort of like Larson, Sutton, Hartson mm. were never really had anything like that until... And we're still not going to either. And we're still not going to... I thought we would have had it with, with Eddie and with Griffiths, but that obviously never came, came together. And it looks like we're going to lose Eddie, which is a shame, but in terms of, like you say, natural finisher... He was top class. Oh, it was for me oh. just as a fan. It was obviously you've worked with him and knew inside out what he does and whatever else. It's just, it, it just, I was, I was like, he's amazing for what we, for what we pay for him. And obviously you've seen hands basically hands down every day what he does. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And insight is obviously you know it's all behind the scenes and what he doing stuff. But for me as a fan to see him a week and week out, I've always says it's the same as Edward and See my 30 quid I pay every Saturday is to see yeah. guys like that play football. Yeah, definitely, mate. I remember the night we signed Hooper. We were training at Lennox Town and we weren't allowed to train outside. We had to train on the indoor park. Is that because he, he was outside? Because uh, he was signing. So we trained all inside and it was what? There was under 12s, 13s, 14s, 15s all together and we just split up into teams, seven aside, just a tournament on the indoor park all night. And we're sitting there like, what's going on? And somebody, one of the coaches says, oh, the gaffer's signing a new player. So we're all sitting looking through the glass, like when you're no playing, like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? So we finished training. Next thing, Sky Sports, you're like, Settlica signed Gary Hooper for Scunthorpe. You're like, who's that? Who's this guy? Next thing, first game, you were like, that's who he is. You're like, wow. We've managed to get him for the money that we've got. We're going to make an absolute fortune on him. I can see. Was you know, was you know, twenty old goals in, in the, the championship for the Bolton team uh, or something, I suppose. For, for Scunthorpe, and he was they were what seventeenth, eighteenth in the in the league, twenty odd goals. And the thing about the thing with Hooper as well, never in the gym. No, never in the gym, mate. And for he was so strong, just naturally strong, just naturally. Like Hooper never in the gym. Wanyama, I'd never, never seen him in the gym ever, even when he was injured. Like, he just used to get treatment and then when he was nearly fit, he'd be like, right, I'll just go out and run. Like, no weights, nothing. Commons was an absolute animal in the gym. Aye. Oh, the strength. See, yeah. I've always said, right, people obviously called him a bit chubby. Whatever, right? see, mm-hmm. see me actually look at him. Like, he's uh, no. Mate, he's solid. He's a fucking, he was a machine. He's absolutely solid. Massive. Because obviously, again, he's an odd guy for me who was brought for sale again. Obviously, we've spoken about Lennon last season. It's bad, but obviously you work with Lennon and you know maybe how he works and how the players work to him, whatever else. That was really... See, if you look at that team, mm. and me and Robert, who I did a podcast previously, spoke about maybe how vital John Park was Yeah, getting these guys in because we signed them. Maybe all in them, they maybe save, I don't know, £6 million and they sold them for £40, £50 million. Pound. It was some shouting fucking achievement. Oh, it was, it was good. He was great. Park was great. And there's Lennon as well. He used to go go see these boys that, as I said, your bigger teams usually nowadays are not going to look at boys at Scunthorpe, look at boys at Derby. Like, Joel Edley. We got Joel Edley for Cardiff uh-huh. for next to nothing. That was one of the best signings I think we've ever made. Well, he was superb, wasn't he? He was class. He I was, was just like, brilliant. if we're managing to get boys like that and keep them up here, when they could easily go and play for a Crystal Palace like Ledley did at the time, picking up decent money, but they're not going to win things. But they come up here and 
as you say, mate, every player that comes up here, they set foot in a set apart once and hear the crowd and they're like, why the boys don't come up here when they get the chance? Because I think this league's shit and I think Celtic, uh, even Rangers, I know we don't like talking about them, but there's good players and a lot of talent in every league and obviously, again, it's a top of talent. See, when you were you're younger, was there many boys that you thought, even in, in your own youth setups that didn't make it but thought it would have been superstars? Yeah, there's a couple, especially in my team. There was Jamie Lindsay, he played my team, he went to Ross County, things like that. I think he's dumb, dumb south playing now. Um, another boy, Denny Johnson. We got, ah, Denny, uh, got Denny for Queen of the South and I think it was maybe under 13s or something, we got Denny for their under 12s even. He came in, he was what, six foot two. He was an absolute monster. So when we were younger, he used to just run by boys. He was scoring 50, 60-odd goals a season. But it was like, when we all got older, everybody develops differently, obviously. Mm-hmm. Got to that age group, people maybe caught up with him. But even still, mate, he was still brilliant. And I thought he was maybe one that would have played in the first team, possibly. And I don't, I don't know who he's playing with now. Um, Actually, went to Morton, didn't he, as well, didn't he? Uh, he went to Morton and things like that. And the one that I'm, I'm really pleased about, he's maybe, he's went to America now, Stuart Finlay. Mm-hmm. I thought Stu would have played in that first team for for definite. But it's, it's, just, it's, weird how, it's weird how things go, mate. It's, as I say, coming through when you're younger, you'll see all these boys and you'll hear all the coaches talk about them, but it's when you get to that full-time stage and they'll maybe go to tournaments and you'll maybe play a tournament and they'll see a boy playing for, I don't know, like a, we went to tournaments like in, in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. You maybe see a boy maybe playing for Ajax or something. And they're maybe thinking, well, he's good, but he'll maybe not get a game in Ajax first team. Wonder if we could get him. Mm-hmm. The next thing, in the under-19s team, they're signing boys like that for all these different teams and countries. And it's so, no being able to chance to develop. Uh, you're like that to yourself. Hold on a minute here. Like You've got somebody here that you you that's got the same ability, maybe even more, and you'd, want, you'd rather put them into the first team rather than bringing all these other teams' boys to develop them. But uh, they're, they're maybe the three boys that I would have said, for my, for my own team, that I says they would have maybe maybe not been like first team picks and maybe been there for years, but I thought I thought they would have maybe got a chance and played a couple of games here and there, but I don't think I don't think any of them even made an appearance. Is that because obviously you're saying how you guys that didn't make it and stuff which maybe should have made it. See obviously playing with the guys that obviously went on and maybe played and stuff, see going through the going through the ranks for yourself. How was it going through the ranks? Obviously going for for age 10 and then going to 17 did the ranks all as you say different coaches and stuff did it all vary how you played the systems and formations and the play was it all different as it went up or was it all the same the way I think it should be the same formation the same philosophy all the way up and down yeah it, it did change a bit but in terms of the, the philosophy and the way they wanted you to play stayed the same they just tried to teach you look if we were to go and say for example we're about to play a three-five-two, nothing's going to change just the shape's changed. You're still yeah. going to play the same way. Just wanted to teach you, obviously, as you got older, you need to be more adaptable and things like that. Because then, as I say, on the park, anything can happen. A boy can get sent off and you need to go right quickly, change the shape, this is what's happening, but they still want you to play the same way. So it was just all about that. But in terms of coaches, like it was like they wanted you all to play a certain style and it carried on through the age groups. So it was, it was good that way. It was like the sort of try to base it. That's what the first team are doing. Mm-hmm. That's what we're all doing. Because if you ever get to that age where you're going to go in there, it's not going to be different to you. You're going to be. You're going to know what you need to do. Because that's what yeah. I found was the gap last season. Um, obviously, the, the Dubai fiasco happened. You had Dembele, Okuflex, and Calvin Harper came up. And for me, I thought they were a, a big kind of step down for the first yeah. team. Um, and I'm obviously the younger guys. That's going to happen. But I think obviously you've played at Celtic. You know what it is. Some of the youth guys should probably come in under Neil Lennon and played in the border. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Maybe the only ones, obviously two or three came through now, but last season there was no real option to bring him in. You're going to think that they'll do a job. I know the young guy, Montgomery, came in, he's done okay. Yeah. But I think maybe sometimes the gap's maybe bigger than what it was years ago. Yeah, like the one the one last year when everything was going on that I would have said should have got a chance and should have played was Dembele. We Karamoko. We never had we never had a winger last year. 
obviously Forrest was, Forrest was out for however long. El Unusi, he's not a winger. Um, so what we're playing, and but when we lose, when you lose boys like Frimpong and Tierney, and you don't replace them, when we had fullbacks that bombed on, you've not got any width. You're already struggling. So I thought Dembele should have played his, a boy that would have just got on the ball and would have ran at you. And obviously pre-season, I've seen him. He's, mm. he's, he's, a, he's a big talent. But the thing is, I look at it now, I'm like, ah, well, that talent was still there last year. So is it down to the management? Is it down to them not giving them the chance? It's all, it's all questions that I think, like, need, something needs to be said about last season, but well, whatever, find out, I don't know. And obviously, he says um, you went full-time. How did you feel to go full-time? Obviously, it's, it's a fucking dream come true. Oh, I mean, it was, it was great. Obviously, doing that school project, it was like they picked 10 players to obviously go and do that school project. So you you knew at that point, well, they're picking me to go and do something like this. They must have sort of plans for me to go full-time. But I remember I was in Dundee. I was in the town with my mates and my dad phoned us and he was like, are you, are you nearly coming home yet? I was like, no, how? He was like, oh, I'll need to speak to you when you come home. So I was like, all right, okay. So I came home and he was like, look, just had uh, Chris McCart, who was obviously the head of youth. Yeah. On the phone, I was at right. He was like, "I want you to offer you a deal for a go full time," and I just burst into tears. I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "This is the start of a dream that's been going on for I was ten, but this is serious now. Like, they want you to be a pro for them." I was just like, "Wow!" I was like, "It doesn't get any better than this." That's... Obviously, I, I didn't. I was only pro you, so I didn't get full time. But she getting told. That's your dream, basically. Even if it's only for another two weeks, you've went full yeah. time for two weeks, you're still exactly, playing with Celtic, you've turned to uh-huh. Lennox Town every day, you can basically walk into Celtic Park anything you want, that's your, mm-hmm. that's your home. I'm obviously a Celtic fan, so it's probably that bit more extra special. Uh, it was the best thing that's ever happened, obviously, no, now obviously having kids and things, but at the time being 16 and knowing that you're able to just be like, wow, I'm a pro for Celtic, you were and it was just like all the things that came with it, like it was daft stuff. Like you'd go in the very first day, you'd have all your kit, you'd have like you'd have your squad number, really? like knowing that you're wearing a squad number and you're going, see if I ever play in the first team. Like I'm going to hear a strip. My squad number was 64 at the time. I was like, if you ever made an appearance with the first team, you're going to hear a strip that says McClellan 64 for Celtic. I was like, this is just amazing, it's mad. But now my, my, my full time was a bit different. When I was 14, 15, I kept having bother with my ankle. Right. Kept tearing my ligaments and things. So it was constantly like, out for eight weeks, back fit. Next thing, we'd do it again, out for eight weeks. So it wasn't until I went full time, doing it in a pre-season game, down at Barrafield, playing against Queen's Park. And I went in for a tackle. Tackle was fine. Got back up, put my weight on it, and I heard that my ligaments sort of go. Were you thinking? So, oh, no. so, you know, thinking, here we go again? I was like, here we go again. But I was like, this could be bad this time. So because I was full-time, they were like, right, straight up, got scans. Next thing they were like, right, you're going through Edinburgh to see a specialist. So went through Edinburgh seeing a specialist and he was like, ah, you're needing your ankle reconstructed. I was like, oh, no. So that was it. So that first sort of season, I was out injured sort of the best five, six months. So I was like, oh, no. But it was one of them. I was disappointed because I wouldn't be playing, but... I then got, obviously, being at Lennox Town every day, you're getting treatment for the first-team physios and getting the use of all the best facilities up there to help with so your rehab. Obviously, do you think that's maybe how some guys get injured when they're younger, but as soon as you go full-time, it kind of stopped because you're getting that full care every day? I think that's what it's like, yeah. It's like you go, obviously, getting, you're getting the best of everything when you're up there. Best of physios, best of facilities. Obviously, the rehab's going to be tough because they need you to get back to the level you were either at or try and improve because you're going to be missing out on stuff on the training ground with your team. So that was that was tough, but it was all, all part of the experience and loved every minute of it, mate. Honestly. And obviously, I know you scored at Ibrox as well. Um, for your yeah. final, how was that experience? Uh, that was that's definitely right up there, mate. Um, obviously, I got myself back fit that season for that final. And uh, my mum and dad put two buses on for Dundee. So I had two 54-seaters for Dundee come through and two like cars for the game, yeah. So we were all warming up before the game and obviously the lit, I think it was like 10, 12,000 there that night. And uh, 
So all, all everybody's mums and dads are coming in, they're all waving. The next thing I'm constantly waving, all the boys are like, Who are you waving at? I was like, Well, I've got I've, Hi. I was like, I've got two buses come through for Dundee the night. They were like, God's sake, man. But I, I remember it, obviously that game we battered them the first half. I think we hit the bar twice. And just the atmosphere, mate. It was like it was like being at Celtic Park. It was it was mad. The Green Brigade were there with drums and lit flares off at half time and you couldn't you couldn't hear each other speak on the park. And that was only ten thousand. It was only both the back of the goals, the bottom tiers that were full. So imagine it's like uh, fifty thousand uh, seats. I was like, I was like, imagine a proper old firm game here. You wouldn't even be able to hear yourself think. But uh, so came out second half and managed to score and as soon as the ball hit the back of the net, just seeing all the Celtic fans jumping up and running past them. And then when you took kickoff, next thing they're, they're singing your name and everything, you're like, wow. You're like, if, if, I, was to, if I was to drop down dead now, I'd be happy. Like, I've had Celtic fans singing my name at Ibrox. I'm like, that's it, my life's made. That's, that's something that nobody can ever take away from you. No, exactly. And it's, it's funny, like, all the boys wind us up about it now. So we'll be speaking about stuff when about when we were younger and things, and they'll be like, "Oh, remember I scored the eyebrow?" Oh, well, I did. I'm like, I'm not going to say I never. I did. Yeah, last well, I would tell everybody and anybody about it, mate. Uh, Fuck, I only played pro youth last year. I used to be a player, <laughs> <laughs> so we're all right. Um, <laughs> but who is? Is there any guys at that team as well that played? Is anyone on and played further? Yeah, so. Team? In that team, because you go under 17s, you'll know what it's like. You get the, the dual age group. Aye. Mm-hmm. So I was an older 17 that year. So the younger 17s that played in that team were Liam Henderson, right. uh, Paul McMullen. Is he Dundina? Dundee Luke Donnelly, he's at Arbroath now. Um, I think Conor McManus, he's at Stranraer. Um, who else was that? That was probably the four boys that are still maybe playing at decent levels now that were the sort of younger 17s. And then the age group under that was obviously KT. He was the age group under that. But was we seen the youth system you were in, eh? Yeah, he was obviously two years younger than me. Could you and, tell back then he was going to be yeah. really good? Oh, hands down. You knew me. And he was he was the one that you, you look at now, you sort of say to yourself, how was I no like him? Like with the attitude, the way he, honestly, mate, he'd run through a brick wall for Celtic. Like you just wish you go see if I'd done what he done. You're like you, you would have had a much much better chance. No saying that I would have played, but yeah. I'm saying you would have had a much better chance. And when you see boys like that, you're like he knows what it means. It's, it's obviously he's he has having McGregor are probably two standouts for guys to maybe look up. Yeah, look at new as role models. Yeah, like these. When we were younger, they used to batter into your head about Jamesy Forrest. Aye. They were always like, look at Jamesy. He's done it. He's done it. To me, he is the luckiest Celtic player I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, mate, I don't I don't see the big fuss about him at all. See, I've, I was always... Knew him knows much because I know that and stats are big fine now, right? Mm. But I used to... I can't say I used to hate him. I didn't hate him, but I, he uh. used to annoy me because I'm like, defensively, he was fucking rotten. Uh, I he was contributing going forward, but I'm like, I thought it was too inconsistent. I know now mm-hmm. he's getting a bit more consistent. He, he is a big player Celtic now, but yeah. when he was going up through the ranks, I like you say, I didn't really didn't think of him as going to be as far as he's went. Uh, that's what I mean, mate. The, the, like you say, he's frustrating. He's absolutely rapid, and he doesn't run by anybody. It used to annoy the life out of me sitting obviously in the stands. You'd be like, I see you every day, absolutely running past people like they're not even there and it comes to a Saturday and all you want to do is check back or hold on to it too long you're like just knock it past the boy and run you know, obviously as a winger that must be frustrating over you a striker if you want the balls uh, in the box and you don't get the balls in the box exactly, because you're trying to take three men on uh, you've got two boys in the box like Stokes and Hooper give them a chance they'll score it's like Griffiths as well Griffiths needs one chance and he'll score put the ball in the box Tommy he'll score you a goal and yourself, I put it front as well. If you don't get chances, how you make score goals? Yeah. It's exactly, just... mate. And there's there's so many there's so many times you go through games, and you'll make five six runs, you don't get it. See that one time he does put the ball in the box, you've not made the run because you're like he's not going to cross it. 
It's crazy. The opportunity's it? gone. Ah, it's, it's mad. But he was he was one that used to always go on about like because he was obviously broken so young and he's been there yeah. for so long. They always used to go on about him saying, "Look, you want to try and emulate what he's done and things like that." It's, it's, it's crazy how what to these days to then there's maybe more coming through, but obviously you've you've went through it. It's it's hard to get a chance on it. Uh, it was really hard when we were there, obviously, because you had a first team that were doing so well. Mm-hmm. They were winning, they were winning leagues with the players that they had. It would maybe need to take like what happened with Rangers, yeah. the way they just obviously totally fell apart for someone like that. It's certainly to happen where they need to go. Well, you know what? We can't pay all these boys all the money we're paying. We're going to need to play with our youth players. It's like when Hearts done it, when Hearts got mm-hmm. put into the championship, they got rid of all the boys and they just played all their youth players. They got back up and that gave them their chance. Whereas at Celtic now, you're going to need to be something, something special to yeah to come out the youths and and play in that first team. And obviously, if after that you went to Forfa, what what made you kind of go to Forfa? Was it your deal done at Celtic? Maybe no get a chance and might go and play kind of first team football, really? Yeah, it was obviously deal finished up at Celtic, and uh, I got offered obviously go back to Dundee United first. Mm. So I put I went into there and um, was there for six months. But it didn't really, it was the same again, didn't really work out. And I was like, you know what? I, there was talk, obviously, for I was only 18 at the time. They were like, look, we, we want to bring you up here. And I was like, well, it's one of them going for full-time to part-time. You're like... Especially right, at a young age. Uh, you're like, I'm going to need to find a job now. Because you're like, this is the money you're going to get for playing part-time football is not going to be enough. So, obviously, I went and got myself an apprenticeship and things. So I thought, you know what? I'll give it a go. Went up there and it was Dick Campbell that was the manager. All right. And... This was when Rangers ended up going into that league. So you were like, right, this is a chance because you're going to have a lot of exposure on this league. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're showing up well in this league, maybe when you're playing them, you never know there could be somebody else takes a chance on you and you could be back at full time again. So it was good going up there because the players we had in our team, obviously we had Brad Douglas in the goal, um, Big Marvin Andrews played at the back. Right, all right. So, and then you had boys like Gavin Swanky, who's obviously played at Dundee and played our bro for for years so it was a good good side and a lot of good ex-pros so it was good at 18 to be in around them as well going for the full-time environment mm. being able to still obviously even though it was only Tuesday, Thursday nights you were training you were still training with a good standard of player and things like that See obviously you were saying you know, Rab Douglas and stuff like that do you think sometimes maybe going down to that level makes you not a better player but it makes you a, a, a better man then builds yeah. up better than it is playing with the Obviously, I don't know what it's like with the first team. Is it a bit more softer in the environment than it is in the part-time levels? Uh, as I say, mate, my, my first shot going down to part-time was the the less time you got on a ball. Like, you go and play on a Saturday. My first game was against Stenhouse Muir. And I thought, ball came in as I thought, I've got all the time in the world. Next thing, bang, boy up your arse. Put, just put you in the air, mate. Just put me clean up in the air. And I was like, whoa. I was like, I'm going to need to adapt to this sort of pretty quickly because if I think it's going to be a walk in the park then these boys are just going to boot me all over the shop that, that's what I realised when I went for I played 21s and I went for 21s up I left 21s at 20 I played baseball last year at 21s at amateur and it made me a better player because I was getting yeah. hustled and bustled and kicked and you're a fan of this or that and whatever yeah. else and 21s was all about technical and fitness yeah. you didn't really get a lot of bad tackles it was all Nicey, nicey. We, we guys with Ronaldo boots and the tape and all that. And uh, it wasn't a amateur, it was just a battle. You had to win the uh, game. And I'm assuming that's and it, might, it might be if you're going from first team to, to part time, full time yeah. to part time, maybe similar, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's definitely similar. Like, as I say, like boys that are maybe playing in Celtics 20s or whatever just now, fair enough, you've got it. You're, playing, you're still playing against a decent standard, but if you're maybe starting to get maybe you're maybe on the bench or you're maybe in a round about the first team. That's maybe the time where you say, you know what, I'm going to chat the door and say, look, can I go out on loan and maybe like a, mm-hmm. an Arbroath, maybe just in the championship or teams in the championship where it's like, these boys are are playing for their for their lives. They're mm-hmm. playing for a chance to get somewhere. And it does, it'll toughen you up because like you say, they can go into that first team and it's, it's maybe a bit pampered. Yeah. Know what I mean, they're in, they're in that environment every day where they've got the best at everything. Whereas when you go to, when you go to part time like you're going to 
like when I went in at Forford, you're going into changing rooms that are still wooden benches. And <laughs> like whereas obviously you go into Lennox time, they've all got their wee lockers and, and things like that. So it's a big wake up call and it's maybe what some boys need. Mm-hmm. I see it like Lennox town, obviously I've no brand Lennox town, right? I've only been known the parks and stuff. Is it like top class inside, top drop? Oh, I mean it's it's top facilities. Top top facilities. You see every see, you see when you're there. Did, did, did you be in lockers when you were full time, man? Well, obviously, when we were full time, the the nineteens were still based at Barrafield. Oh, right, okay. And it was just sort of like reserves were at Lennox Town, but if you were injured and things, so because I was injured for sort of most of the time when I was there, I was at Lennox Town every day. But it was like the the normal changing rooms in Lennox Town. There were great changing rooms, but it was just like you never got your lockers or anything like that. But as soon as you went in the first team dressing room, they had everything. Their own wee locker. They had swimming pool in the changing room. They had physio beds. They had ice baths. They had everything. It was mad. And it was it was one of them. It was like, you've got what you've got. That's what you want to get to. Mm-hmm. It was just wee things like that that we're always trying to say, look, they've got that because they're where they're at. That's what you want to try and get to. But the facilities you had were incredible. And then obviously going for that to, to winning benches. <laughs> yeah, that was it, mate. It was like, whoa. But you were, you were going in there and it was like... You're seeing boys like Rab Douglas and Marvin Andrews, who, as I say, big Rab is a fucking hero to me, mm-hmm. being in that Seville team and everything like that. And obviously Marvin Andrews, you hate him, but when I got to know him, I, I love him. I think he's, mm-hmm. he's great. And I used to ask him all the time, obviously, about that. He says, ah, God told me to sign for Rangers. I was like, no, he never mind. <laughs> I'm like, there's no chance he's told you that. But he was, he, they were great guys. And I used to just sit and nip their heads about stories all the time. See, that's, that's the way I'm at. That's why I love getting guys at the cell phone and hearing all these stories and pranks and how they go to that level. It's just, I've fasted with all that because some people don't really realise how how much it takes to get to that level. Yeah, Big Rab used to hate me. All I used to do was speak about Larson. I'd be like, ah, Rab, come on, tell us, tell us what, you, what you used to do. And he'd be like, are you going to leave me alone? He used to hate it. String Rad away, we'd be on the bus for about four hours and I'd just be nipping his head constantly. Well, so, so I'm, I'm guessing there must be been a, a way trips there must be some blinding away trips up there oh mate as I say Stranraer you were like four and a half hours on a bus and then I remember my first season play Stranraer away and uh, I turned up on a Saturday and they were like have you got your gear with you I was like what for they were like oh we're having a night out in Glasgow after this I was like nah I was like nobody tell me so the bus actually stopped on the way to Dundee and my dad <laughs> met my dad met one on the way out in Dundee Gave us clothes and obviously going to be these boys at night in Glasgow and that, you were like, this is great. But it's, Big Rab hated it. He, he had four and a half hours down there, me nipping his head. And then when I was <laughs> drunk later on at night, it was even worse. Superb, man. See, obviously, obviously, we part four and stuff. There must have been some, even in the youth, the youth ranks, there must have been some brilliant pranks done, man. That you can uh, actually say. Pranks <laughs> <laughs> were, tell you what, first team when I was at Celtic, pranks. We're always Charlie Mulgrew. All the time. Always, mate. Him and Bruni were honestly you could you were you were never safe. <laughs> never safe. Like I say, you'd go in like obviously you'd do all your stuff before training, get all their kit and that ready. And after training, you need to go in and start putting the dirty kit away. There was times, mate, you'd you'd be fully clothed and they would pick you up and they'd take you to the swimming pool. And they would be like, Have you got anything in your pockets? And you'd be like, ah, I've got my phone and stuff. And they'd be like, right, take your phone out. And you'd be like, nah, I'm not taking my phone out. And they'd be like, take your phone out or you're going in the pool with your phone. You used to hate to take your phone out hand it to them. They just used to launch it in with your clothes on, mate. Next yeah, thing, you come, come through soaking wet, you need to go and see John Clark, the kit man, and be like, can I get my training kit to go home and You'd be like, ah, how? Like, oh, they've just chucked us in the pool again. <laughs> but uh, so they two were terrible, man, for pranks. She, do you think that's maybe what's missing now as well? Or that yeah, stuff that doesn't happen anymore? Yeah, big time, mate. I, I, don't, I don't think like there's young boys cleaning boots or anything anymore. You've got young boys, maybe 16, 17, they're signing pro contracts, they're on maybe 400 quid a week, and they're coming in with Gucci wash bags and all the best of gear, and you're like, don't get me wrong, when I was, when I was 16, I thought I could do all that, but mm-hmm. you, we used to get told, like, you know, at that level, aye, yet, like, aye. Sort of tone it down a bit. It's like what Rogers used to say. I remember Rogers told a, a first team a, a player at Celtic, actually a youth boy, came in with like a Louis V bag and a, a fancy watch, and he was like, "Many games you played in my first team?" He was like, "None." And he was like, ah, "Exactly." He's like, "Don't don't say you're a Celtic player. You only train with Celtic." 
Did he, huh? Uh, he was like, don't come in with stuff like that. That's probably man. Because uh, that's that's what they need. Like you've not done you've not done anything. We used but, to get killed for the kit man at Urage. You've not done a shit in the place yet. But that that, that would bring him down for the air to air, wouldn't it? Uh, but it's, it's what you needed. Our kit man at under 19s, Huey McGovern, he's still there. He used to say to boys, you're not a first team player until you've played 50 games in the first team. Aye. So there'd maybe be boys like Tony Watt and things who were maybe breaking into the first team at the time, but they were still in the, sort of like the reserves in the 19s. When he came down to Barrafield, he'd maybe be a bit out there. And Huey'd be like, ah, remember son, you're not a first team player. But that's true, isn't it? And it used to sort of, you used to see him sort of be like, ah, come on, you're, you're maybe right. Like, I maybe, I've maybe played 20 minutes here and a game there, but... I just think it's just, I think it's just society now that once you sign that pro contract, you're just in your head, you think I'm a self player. Yeah, I was, I was the same. As soon as I put my name on that line, I thought, that's it. I don't need to work any harder now. I think I'd be the same. I'd be saying, I'd be the same. I'm getting this money and that money, and even though uh, I'm, I'm probably getting 100 quid a week, but I'm saying I'm getting a grand a week. <laughs> exactly, mate. Oh, the arms and the legs used to get added on it big time, like. And especially when I talk to birds, so oh, I, get, I get this, I get that, innit? Uh, exactly. <laughs> good, thing my miss- good thing my missus isn't here and she can't hear that. <laughs> um, obviously, obviously, Forfey must have played in some dodgy parks, I know. Yeah, mate. Most, most of the parks in that league are, are going down the Astro Turf route. See, I don't like that. Nah, so Forfar had an Astro turf, but it was a good Astro turf. Obviously, you had Montrose, they had Astro. Uh, worst place to play was Arbroath in the winter. Freezing. Freezing, mate. Right to the right to the river. Used to take a corner. It used to go out for a corner at your own end. <laughs> the wind used to just catch it and it'd be away. But uh, some of the, the places you went as well, like I remember we played Air United on a Tuesday night. So we all got asked if we'd take a half day at our work. Went down there a Tuesday night. I never even got on. I was like, I've took a half day from my work, never even got on. Following me, we were playing Rangers at Ibrox on a Tuesday night, and he came and he says, I need you to take a half day to work again. I was like, here we go again. I'm going to go all the way through Ibrox, not even play. Mm-hmm. was on the bench, getting beat 2-0 with 20 minutes to go, and I was like, right, I was going to put me on here. I was buzzing. I was like, I'm going to play here in a pro game now. Mm-hmm. But his son on instead was like 35 and absolutely hopeless. I was like, after this, I was like, as soon as that happened, I was like, you know what? I'm better for them asking to go out on loan someplace else where I'm maybe going to play or went down the junior route and played there. So, so it's not, it's so for me, I'm gone, it's not even the fact, it's not due to your ability, it's just maybe the guys don't fancy and it's made you really fall out of playing at that that level and just want to go play football again. Uh, That's what it was, mate. Obviously, playing at Forfar, you were playing in a decent level, decent teams, you were thinking, I'm still a good player. But you were seeing boys like, might be fair enough, they've, they've played four, five hundred games in the league. Mm-hmm. But you're like, they're old now. They're, 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 they're past it. That's why they're playing at this level. Yeah. Like, no disrespect to them, they're still good players and stuff, but you're like, I'm only 18, 19, like... I fall energy, fresh. Uh, I'm like, I should be playing a lot more than I was, so that's what, like you say, fellow, I love it type of thing and just... Went down the junior route to say, you know what, I'm going to play every week and enjoy myself. And obviously you're saying, uh, junior, how is the junior? How's it been for you? Is it obviously a big difference for, for going for full-time to part-time to juniors? But obviously, for me anyway, I still think there's guys, if I, I'll get your opinion first, do you think that guys could still play junior who could still play in the league level? Yeah, I would say so. Definitely. There's In my Carnoustie team just now, Boy, Jamie Winters, I've played one for, what, five, six years now. Uh, when he was younger, he used to play with Aberdeen. Played with Leeds when he was younger. Came through the Leeds Youth Academy and things. And like He's, he's what, maybe 34, 35 now. But, mate, honestly, he's different, he's different gravy. And you're like, I see boys maybe playing me in Arbroath or things like that. And you're like, he could play that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's older than that now, but you're like, he could still do a job for these teams. Because that's something that my, my old man's always says. He says, Ryan, there's talent everywhere in Scotland. Uh, at every level. He says, it's just getting these boys a chance. Uh, it's just, as I say, mate, when, when I was growing up, I wasn't the biggest either. So it's like, as soon as you're, as soon as you're wee, you're, you're, they're, they're not going to really go get, go with you. They're wanting big, strong, physical boys. Well, that was, that was like me as well. I get released by a letter. Uh, Basically saying that, I couldn't go with the commands, but the, the demands are going up to the next level. I was only like 16 or something. I'm like, that's what I mean, mate. And then, 
could could be a year. Next thing, bang, you've grew four inches and you bulked out. And they're like, oh, hold on a minute here. Uh, I get shocking what they do with boys like that. And that's that's how we we are at where we're at. We've not got technically gifted players or nothing. It's all just big, strong brutes. And Benoon, if you're going to go and start, he's wanting big lumps. <laughs> ah, exactly. You're like, nah. that's not the route you want to go down. And obviously, he says that come this day, but you brought a ferry as well. Yeah, I brought um, it. I was there for, um, what was that, three years I was there. So I went there originally on loan for Forfa. All right, okay. Um, and it used to be sort of, you played everybody. They were in the Premier League when I joined them. We got into the Super League, so that's when you play like your Linlithgows mm-hmm. and Bonnie Riggs and stuff like that. We don't play any of the Glasgow teams. Right, okay. We only play them in the Scottish Cup, so you play like your Rockin' Legs and things in the Scottish, but playing against these like Linlithgow teams, odd boys that used to play with Hearts years ago and Hibs and they're maybe getting on a bit with your like Still good. The ability they've got, you're like you don't get the ball off them. They just they just play with their heads. They'll be like, right, fair enough. I've got a wee boy playing against me today that's rapid. It's like I'll just sit off five yards and you kind of run behind. And you're like yeah, that. Yeah. To you're like that to yourself after the game. You're like, who's that boy I was playing against? And they're like, oh, he's thirty six. You're like, I never got past him once a day. But see, but fair, I, I had that as well when I played amateur. There was wee guys. There was always a wee baldy centre back, a wee baldy guy in the middle of the park who just didn't didn't really move, but was just busy. Just busy. You had the ball, uh, didn't get away, played a simple pass. And I I've always said as well, they're the type of guys, obviously they're playing at level now, but it just shows you that when you actually look back at football, football is an easy game, you'd be you just need to put it in practice. Oh definitely, mate. Definitely. Well, some of the boys some of the boys that are obviously still playing just now, you're like if they if they didn't maybe stuck at it a wee bit longer rather than just sort of saying ah nah there may be boys that maybe fell out of love with football as well and they're still playing at a decent enough level as such getting a wee bit of money for it it's no great you know what I mean but they're happy where they're at but you, you look at some of them you go I wish you did play no. at a higher level because I'd, I'd pay to come watch you still it's from this day are you in this pyramid system no we've just went into it mate yeah right. So they've changed the leagues up here. We, we used to play, obviously, Bonnie Riggs and Lithgow's and things, but they all went into their own leagues. So our leagues are one league now. The winners of the league this year go into play the winners of the, I think it's the junior league up in Aberdeen. They play off like a playoff final type of thing. And the winners of that then play bottom of the Highland League in a playoff for you to then get in the Highland League. And then for the Highland League, you could progress into like League 2 like what Kelty have done right so it's, it's obviously I don't know how it is but the money situation obviously I know Covid's affected a lot of stuff but obviously Kelty have got maybe bank and whatever else uh, is that a lot more money in that kind of system now I know they've got Davo and that's got a lot of money and other teams mm-hmm. have a lot of money and all can let's get more so I know some teams have not got as much income to buy players mm-hmm. and stuff but is that happening more often a lot more teams are getting they're batting to try and get up to that level now? Uh, I think I think because teams have seen Kelly do it, I think they're sort of looking at themselves and going, well, you know what? Like, How do we not get a shot? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll maybe not get there, but we're maybe going to play at a better level or things like that. Like my mate, he signed for Darville, so I was speaking to him and he's like, we're, we're pushing for that type of thing. If Kelly have been able to do it, we can do it. Um, but just when Kelly were in our league, they were got themselves an AstroTurf pitch, built themselves a stand, and the HUD, the HUD boys, that when I was at Forfa, they got us boy Stephen Husband, who was at Forfa with me. Did he play with Hearts? Played with Hearts, Dunfermline, Blackpool. He was at Forfa with me, and he got offered a new deal for Forfa, and he says, well, I'm getting offered an extra 100 quid a week for Kelty to play there, and it's five minutes from my house. And Forfa couldn't pay him the money, and he was like, well, I'll just go and play there, five minutes from my house. Crazy, isn't it? I was like, how are they able to afford boys like that? And then now able to buy boys like Nathan Austin for Inverness and mm-hmm. to go and play in that Woolen League. I'm like, it's insane. Like, I think they'll piss that league this year. What, the League 2? League 2. I Aye. think they'll piss it. I think they'll be like a Queen's Park and then they'll go full-time probably. Well, obviously Queen's Park, they're obviously uh, full-time now. And it's, is, it, is that is that Willie Hockey? Uh, Willie Hockey's bank not uh, bank not uh, bank holding. I think it is, but I think they also sold Lesser Hamden. Right. I've, so not, I've not seen that since it's been time. I've not seen it yet. They've either, they either sold playing at Hamden 
so that they got they got so much millions for that. And what was part of the deal was that Hamden or Scotland or the SFA have got to then build them a stand at Lesser ah, Hamden right, okay. so that they could play there. So that's how they're able to go full time and things. Because let's see what, what happens if Queen's Park they go up to like the Premier League in three or four year time and a Queen Celtic. Doesn't he build another stadium? I think they probably just need to go it's, back at Hamden. Hamden, aye. There's there's no chance you could put Celtic down at Lesser Hamden with three thousand <laughs> three thousand people there. <laughs> the Green Brigade singing songs at Lesser Hamden. <laughs> uh, the, the Green Brigade trying to scale walls and everything. <laughs> Um, obviously I know Covid time is a lot of the, the football but do you start back soon the leagues is they start back soon yeah we start back on Saturday mate the first league game Saturday so right. well, is that start the full new season yeah full new season so when Covid first started we were top of our league for, the, for day one and we were the only league in the whole of Scotland that got scrapped so we were absolutely fuming about that uh, trying to appeal it and things like that but Nothing ever happened. So last year, only played four league games last year, got stopped again. So they just scrapped it again. So we're hoping this season, obviously, we go again Saturday. That's the first the start of the league. So hopefully, we manage to get it played through and get a decent run in the Scottish. Maybe get a team doing Glasgow way and get a decent night out on the way back. I think that's most people in it. Obviously, why did obviously why won the Scottish, but a good day out, so a bit of bonus in it. Ah, that's what it is, mate. See, junior now, it's just. I'm back enjoying it again and just it's like I'm playing with my mates so mm-hmm. I'm happy still playing at a decent level got a good manager and things Phil Maguire he used to play with Aberdeen and things oh, right, so okay, aye. he's my manager so he, he tries to get where to do things the right way and play certain ways so it's good in the terms of that sense and we've got a decent team so I say a decent run in the Scottish would be decent this year and maybe winning the league would be happy this is, I was, it's, it's only thing I didn't really win as a player, I'm sure, I didn't win the Scottish, it was always something I wanted to win, and I think, as you say, but most of the time, a good night out is really what you want, it's not really obviously what I do well in the Scottish, but you want a good night out. <laughs> a night out is obviously, it's not the be all and end all, but it's it's a bonus when you go to a long, a long trip and you're getting a, a night out at the end, because it makes a bit of a, Basically makes you tap, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, but I played junior, mate. I've also won the uh, one promotion for the Premier League with Brody. And well, the Dundee teams play one inning. So a good run in the Scottish, even managing to win the Scottish and the juniors would be brilliant. Oh, definitely. It's still, it's still a Scottish Cup, isn't it? That's what I mean, mate. It's still a Scottish Cup. It's still a medal to add to, to ones you've maybe won when you're younger and things. And maybe... See, but I don't think... But I think whatever you do, but... do now, but I'll never get to... It's going to Ibert's what? <laughs> And if that's what I need to go out on then I'll go on that on that night disappointed to get beat I never even got to take my penalty either so <laughs> no but main thing is mate you've you've lived the dream and we've all kind of wanted to live and obviously you're still playing at a good level and you've played obviously part time so you've obviously I was given it which is obviously the dream is what we have lived and you've lived it so no matter yeah. what everybody else says mate you've lived the dream so the cash empty correct mate and as I say, looking back now, you just wish you'd done that wee extra bit of work to, to make the dream a reality and be out there. As I say, mate, if I, if I played one minute or even a second as a first-team player, that, that'd be it. You'd be like, look, I'd done it. As I say, even though if it's one minute or no, you're, you're still lived based on yeah. what I wanted to do and you've played with some of these players and you've went through the kind of regime of getting to that stage. So it's it's... It's been brilliant to talk to you, Paul, and get to know, obviously, and you you've been through with Celtic, and obviously now you're still playing. And again, hopefully, you do well with Kernoustie, and hopefully Celtic do well, mate. But I really appreciate your time, and we'll go and get the second half of the game. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, mate. Thanks for having us on. Really enjoyed that. No, thanks for your time, Paul. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Brilliant, mate. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Take it easy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 